If you want to walk with God, you have no right to be offended. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp of AliciaBSharp.com. And today is part one of a three-part series by John Bevere. And he's talking about his book that he wrote many years ago called The Bait of Satan. And basically, the bait of Satan is living offended and living in offense towards other people. Because God says in his Bible, in the Word, that if you don't forgive someone... He won't forgive you. So basically how you forgive other people is how God's going to forgive you. And it is important for us as Christians, as we walk with God, to not be offended. Because if we're offended, it blocks God. Here's John. So anyway, um, I just want to ask a question here. Do you want a message this morning or do you want your life changed forever? Please tell me. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. So can we ask for that today? So, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege of being your children. Lord, I thank you for this church. And I'm asking today that, Holy Spirit, you would literally invade this sanctuary, that you would reveal Jesus to us greater than we've ever known him before. I'm asking that your word would not only go into the heads, into our minds, our souls, but I'm asking that your word would pierce and go all the way to the heart today and bring liberty and freedom to all. I ask this For I declare that your kingdom has come, your will shall be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. And for this I give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Every bit of it in Jesus' name. And everybody that agrees shouts. Come on, give him praise for what he's going to do in your life today. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You know, today um, I'm going to share with you a message that actually is in a book I wrote 20 years ago this year. It's its 20th anniversary. It's in, sold over a million copies. It's in over 50 languages. And I really wish I had this message proclaimed to me 30 years ago. It really would have saved me some heartache. And so to introduce it, I'm going to share with you something that Jesus talked about with his disciples in Matthew 24. It has to do with the time period right before his second coming. How many of you believe we are living in that time period that we're just before the second return of the Lord? Let me see your hands. Yeah, absolutely. So he's talking about our time period. And I want to open up with the 10th verse. I'm going to look at 10, 11, 12, and 13. Jesus said, and then many will be offended. Everybody say many. Many. Now the Greek word there for many literally means majority. So at least 51%. Many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Now this is a progression. If you leave that up just for a second, an offended person will eventually betray, and if a betrayal, if it's not dealt with, will ultimately lead to hatred. You say, John, where do you get that? Proverbs 18, verse 19 says, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Now, in the days of Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, what did strong cities have around them? Walls. Walls. What were the walls built for? Protection. They would keep out those people you believed were against you. This is exactly what a person does that has been hurt, that has been offended. They begin to build walls, but the New Testament doesn't call them walls. The New Testament calls them strongholds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3, 4, and 5 tells us that these strongholds are thought processes or reasonings that we develop deep within our soul that are contrary to the word or the will of God. Now, how many of you know 
God's word is rooted in his nature. And his nature is love, right? He doesn't have love. He is love, right? So the love of God, the word of God is always seeking to give, to give, to give. However, a person that's been hurt, they've been offended, now develops thought processes and reasonings that seek to protect, protect, protect. So if push comes to shove in a relationship now, what happens is we end up betraying. Now, the reason that doesn't make sense to many of you is our misguided understanding of betrayal. Most of us only know betrayal in the extreme sense. Benedict Arnold, Judas. But let me tell you what a definition of a betrayal is. A betrayal is when I seek my protection or benefit at the expense of one I have a relationship with. So if we're building these thought processes of protect because we've been hurt, push comes to a shove in a relationship, we're going to protect ourselves at the expense of one we have a relationship with. A betrayal is an ultimate abandonment of a relationship. And if it's not dealt with, it can easily lead into hatred. Now, a lot of people don't understand hatred in the church either because they assimilate, assume it has to do with having extreme emotions or anger. Can I say this? You can have no emotions and hate somebody because the word hate in the Greek means loveless. It means a literal vacuum that is void of love. And so if you look at Ammon, Ammon neither spoke good nor evil to his brother Absalom because, or Absalom spoke neither good nor evil to his brother Ammon because he hated him. So what Jesus is saying here is, in the last days, right before his second coming, there's going to be a massive amount of offense. A lot of people hurt. It's going to lead to a lot of betrayals. It's even going to lead into hatred. And then in verse 11, the very next verse, he said, then, after this, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Who are the many they're going to deceive? The many that are offended. Wow. Now, you know what that tells me is that an offended heart is the breeding ground for deception. Now, there's only one problem with deception, and that's this. It's deceiving. The person who's deceived believes with all their heart they're right, when in reality they're wrong. That's scary. Now, Jesus goes on to say in the next verse, because lawlessness will abound. Now, what is lawlessness? It's simply the Greek word anomia, which simply means you're not submitted to the authority of God. So when you're developing thought processes of protect, 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 you are now no longer under the authority of God. And this lawless thinking that's going to abound from the massive offense is going to cause the love of many to grow cold. And that's when he comes in with this final verse. He says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. You know, you don't look at an unbeliever, a person who's never come into church and say, if you endure, you'll be saved. You say that to somebody that's already started the race, a true believer. Do you know what Jesus is actually saying here? The offense that's going to go run rampant is going to happen inside the church. The betrayals, the hatred in the church, the deception in the church. And he's talking about the love, the result, the end result of this, the love of many growing cold. Are you with me? See, let me tell you something, church. The person that can hurt you the deepest is the person that is closest to you. Why is that? Our expectations are higher on them. Have you ever noticed a Christian say this? I, I've heard this several times. I've had Christians look at me and go, you know, most people in the world treat me better than Christians. Why is that? Their expectation on the world is zero. So if the world does anything for them, they've been that much of a blessing. But if our expectation is here on most Christians and here on our pastors and here on our spouses 
If they only do this much, they've offended us by this much. That's why the person who can hurt you the deepest is the person that's closest to you. Now, if you want to put all offended people in two categories, you can do it. Those who have been genuinely mistreated. And the other category would be those who think they have been mistreated. Now, I don't want to deal with category two. Those people have inaccurate information or they have accurate information and have discerned inaccurately. I want to deal with accurate, or group number one, those who've been genuinely mistreated. If you've been genuinely mistreated, do you have the right to be offended? Well, let me make this clear. You have the right to do anything because God's given us a free will. But if you want to walk with God, you have no right to be offended. Yeah, but John, you don't know what they did to me. How many of you have ever heard somebody say that? You just don't know what they did to me. Come on. Do I pray for the rest of you for lying now or later? Come on. I mean, how many of you have ever said that? Don't raise your hand. This is what I would say to them. No, you don't know what you did to Jesus. An offended Christian who cannot forgive is a Christian who's forgotten what they've been forgiven of. Let me say that one more time. A person who cannot forgive is a person that's forgotten or never known what they were forgiven of. If you look at God, when Adam sinned against Eve, how many of you know our just reward for what our sin is that we should have burned in hell forever and ever and ever? That's our just reward. That's what we deserve. But God chose to forgive us. Are you with me? That's amazing. And Peter comes up to Jesus one day. And Peter, you know, these disciples, they were constantly wrestling with what Jesus was saying because he's talking about forgiveness. And they lived under the law. And law said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And Peter says, hey, my brother does me wrong seven times and I forgive him, right? That's enough. And Peter just thinks he's being magnanimous and thinks Jesus is going to say, dude, blessed are you. You got it, right? But Jesus looks at him and says, no, not seven times, 70 times seven. In Luke's gospel, he said in a day. Now for you to sin against me, 490 times in one day means that you'd have to do it once every three minutes provided you and I don't go to sleep in that 24 hours. Now, I don't know anybody that can sin that good. What Jesus is saying is this. Your forgiveness is to be just like your heavenly father's, inexhaustible, because we are commanded, not suggested, to forgive each other as we have been forgiven, because the way we forgive is the way we are going to be forgiven. The whole problem comes down to this. We've categorized sins. I mean, we have the big ones, stealing, murder, witchcraft, right? And then we have what we call weaknesses. Gossip, unforgiveness, strife. Now, you know what's amazing is I can throw you, show you three times more scriptures in the New Testament of a person that will not be forgiven who refuses to forgive than a person that will not be forgiven who murders. Sure is quietness, Methodist Church. You still here? <laughs> that was John Bevere. And you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, The Bait of Satan. You can also find out more information about him at his ministry website. It's actually he and Lisa Bevere's website, and that is Messenger International. Well, that is all I have for you today. Remember, if you get a chance, please rate or review this podcast. Head over to iTunes and, and submit that there. And I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.